lovely listeners, I'm Tara, your host. Welcome back to Scratching the Surface, where we talk all things real. If we talk about anything that you'd like to discuss further, or you have any feedback for me, please find my Instagram at Life Behind the Rainbow. I would absolutely love to hear from you. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. I'm here with the lovely Katrina Turner. Are you actually, did you change your name? Because you just well, got married. I did. Yeah, I changed it to Ferguson, but everybody knows me as Turner, so, so I, I sort of use it all the time. <laughs> I actually forgot to even ask that before we started recording. So Katrina, I would know Katrina as Katrina Turner, the amazing singer in Ballycastle, like the best singer in Ballycastle, right. I would say. <laughs> but okay, Katrina Turner Ferguson, yeah. <laughs> because she actually <laughs> just right. got married. Um, I just wanted to chat with Katrina tonight and hopefully to inspire all of you guys because Katrina is actually... A staff nurse she is an amazing singer and does weddings and gigs all over the place and also has been through a big ass journey mm-hmm. by for herself similar to mine so Katrina do you just want to introduce yourself and then we can get dug into all those amazing things that you've went through surely yes so I'm Katrina Ferguson but Turner really <laughs> <laughs> always be a Turner um, yeah I'm 42 from Ballycastle and I'm a nurse as you said um, I work in the Dal in the community hospital in Ballycastle and also out in the district so I'm going into people's homes um, to provide care in their in their own houses and um, yeah so I sing play gigs in a few bars around Ballycastle and the Glens um, and yeah loads of weddings and, and private parties and things which I love so um, yeah I'm married to Bob and we have two lovely dogs called Joey and Luna mm-hmm. and uh, yeah we live in Ballycastle and just love living here love being back home after being you know sort of traveling around and working in different places so mm-hmm. back settled in Ballycastle yeah uh, you said that you have a couple of wee dogs. I have a Luna as well. You do? Yeah. That's right. What is your wee dog? She's a cockapoo. Oh, so probably much smaller than my wee Luna. But Yours is a... Well, my Luna is a mix with a, a, a Spaniel. Aye. A lab and a Spaniel. She's so... black, isn't she? Yes. Yes, I've seen her, I've yeah. seen her, seen her online. <laughs> something you Dogs of Instagram. I know, I know, I know. I know, Ballycastle's the best, isn't it, for walks, so... Ah, here. It's just... You know, when you, mum always said to me when I was, you know, younger, when you know, you're like, oh, Ballycastle, I'm getting so sick of Ballycastle. She was like, you will appreciate this time when you're older. Mm-hmm. And of course, as ever, she was right. Mm-hmm. And I just love it. It's just, you know, I was down to walk with my friend yesterday with the dogs. And, you know, you just look out at that, the sea and fair head. And sure, it's just right in your doorstep. No, exactly. I love it's, it. I really do love it. Yeah, it's the best. Like, same, same as you. Like, and... Both of us have done a fair bit of travelling and yeah, stuff. Uh-huh. And now that I am back here, and I do think it does take for you to get that bit older and a bit more wisdom behind you and you realise like there is no place like home and like why yeah. do you want to be that far away from your family and stuff? Like I agree, I agree. And I, I definitely think as well when you've come through certain things, you know, when there's been difficulties, I suppose it depends who you are, but but definitely for me, like you say, I want to be as close to my family. Mm-hmm as I can as well and just I you know I've always sort of flitted about and mm-hmm. and then when me and Bob got together then it just that was the sort of grind at you yeah it did I just yeah. felt like I wasn't needing to go and look for something else mm-hmm. and you know I'd always been oh I'm going to go there and do that but now then it was just like as you say yeah. grounded and settled and yeah it's best. the best feeling it isn't is it, it, it is. is it's great yeah, and then it's kind of like that whole thing when you know, you know, because yeah. I, I never really felt like that before with anybody. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's true. great. Oh, I feel so much residence already. <laughs> um, okay, so you said there that you actually were traveling about a bit. Uh, I, I wasn't even planning to ask you about that, but where did you go? <laughs> and did you take your music with you? Well, I, well, I, so I first I moved to Belfast and I was 19, worked there for a while, and then I moved to Dublin. I lived down there with some friends. They were studying down there. Um, I, I mean, when, when I say music, I, I didn't start gigging until I was 20. Like, I sang at weddings, you know, families and friends' weddings and stuff. Um, but I went to Australia then um, when I was 21. And 
just ended up, you know, getting up in the bars and singing and, you know, it sounds so cliche, but around the campfires with oh, the guitar. Unreal. You know, kind of thing. We did a bit, did a load of traveling for a year and saw some amazing places and there was just always music and yeah. singing and if there was a guitar, I didn't have one with me, but, you know, you got playing that and um, I just traveled around there. Absolutely loved it. It was a great year. Absolutely brilliant. So did you already know how to play guitar? You must have. Kind of. Like, I, I learned guitar when I was in primary school. But, wow. And I played in the choir at Mass, but I never really... I was all right. And I, I didn't know an awful lot of songs off by heart and stuff like that. But I knew a few, you know, I think when I was in... When I was over there, I played, like, Caledonia and some... Uh, oh, who was it? Like, it was a patrol thing then. Some some kind of... Or U2, maybe. Mm. Probably U2. Things like that there, um, yeah, just had a handful of songs I would have played. But then I would have just got up in the, when I worked in Darwin, I was there for three months and I worked in an Irish bar. So they always uh, got me up the bands in there to sing with them. Class. So they just played and I just sang. That's yeah. unreal. Oh, it was great. Is that how you end up getting your, did you like do, go up there and do the three, year, three months to get the visa and stuff? Or? No, well, when I was 2001, when I was, or 2002, so... You didn't have to do your regional work wasn't really a thing. Oh, okay. Um you just had to try and get some sort of a work contract or whatever to stay on longer. And I mean, so many people obviously are doing it now, but when I was doing it, you know, that's over twenty years ago, it was people were staying out there. It was much more difficult and I didn't know anyone who was doing it. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I did get an offer from the bar, but I would have been staying there by myself, yeah. all the friends I'd made when I was there were leaving, and it just wasn't right for me. Yeah. So I did. I did finish off the rest of my year and came home. Yeah. Because yeah. so, yeah. when when my brother went out there, then they were doing the regional work. But no, they it wasn't. It was not a, an option. No, it's like half of Ireland is out there. Well, right. half of Ballet Castle. I mean, I know there's so many people out there just staying, but yeah. it wasn't as as widely done. You know, with people I knew, whatever yeah. at the time when I was out there, yeah. I know, sure. Now, you think, like, if you think about it, what I think it was maybe nine or ten years ago that I went and Claire's still there. Yeah. She had her baby out there and everything. My goodness. Yeah, and they've actually just bought the bought a house and stuff. Aye. I mean, there's so many people are so well settled out there, yeah. and that's great. You know, they're loving it, um, and they've you know a great network of friends mm -hmm. and stuff. But there wasn't really that when I was mm -hmm. anyone. Like I went out by myself, met some friends out there who were already there, travelled, and then I kind of just went off on my own whenever yeah. they came home and met people along the way and, and stuff like that. But I was, yeah. I, the thought of me just not coming home then no, exactly. wasn't wasn't an option. I know, and do you know what? Even my one year that I was there, because I did fr from the day, literally the day to the, the following year, like I, and then I was coming home. Uh -huh. um, I was, I kept getting so upset, like, missing home. I was like, did I, now when I think about it, I'm like, I'm sick. I wasted so much time crying, being oh, homesick. I did, oh, no. I. I did, but oh, mum wasn't that well and stuff, so. Sure. Yeah. But um, I actually do think, I remember when you were away, because I would be very friendly with Owen, your younger brother, yeah. and... I think like we were always like wow because we were in school like and we're like wow so cool like I know my do you know it's so funny because when I left Owen was so wee or yeah, you know probably. he was I don't know what age was where well I was twenty one so years would have been God just would have been eleven no surely or not 12. maybe maybe twelve I twelve maybe. yeah because we got put into the same form class, so we were just always friendly then. Aye. It must have been then. Must have been around 12 then, because I'm nearly 10 years older than that's right. Um. So, but, and then when I was coming back, he, oh my God, the change. You know, the change, and I mean, you know, people at that age just mm -hmm. change so quickly. Well, because he was becoming a teenager as well. <laughs> you know, and I hadn't seen him for a year, and I, I literally hadn't seen him because there was no FaceTime, there was no, you know, the, the most you could get was to try and get a webcam somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, I think I got... Was Skype even a thing? No. Oh, wow. There was none of that. You know, there was no sending picture messages. Mm. Your phones didn't take photographs. Mm. That's how long ago that was. Wow. So I hadn't seen anybody with my eyes. Wow. Um, so when I came back and saw him, my God, the change in him was mad, you know. Mm. It's funny to think he was that young when I was there, travelling around Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and so you had mentioned there about um being in the choir and stuff like that. Like that's another big memory I have of Owen is him always singing like in our things in school and stuff like yeah. that. So is that something that you did from you were very young or tell us a bit of that journey? 
I pretty much. I mean, I um, my granddad, God rest him, he was a big singer in the traditional choir in Ballycastle. Um, so I started going to that with him um, when I was, oh, I must have been about 11, something like that. Um, before that, it was just singing in wee school things and whatnot. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I joined that with him and then got into the folk choir. Wow. And then I just sang with them up until I was about, I suppose, yeah, before I left Ballycastle, I suppose I was about 17 or 18 or whatever, um, sang with them, played, played a bit of guitar and I used to just sing up the front, do the psalm and everything. Um, I was there every week. I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. Loved singing with the choir. Whatever happened with that, the folk? The folk choir, they still, they still play every Sunday as far as I know at 12 o'clock. So the traditional choirs, I don't know if there's as many of them now. There was a lot of us then. God, it was that's... a big choir. But when I've ever been at Mass or, you know, if they've been singing at something I've been at, there's maybe not as many of them now. It was, mm -hmm. it was you know, we used to go to practice every week and Sister Ludwina to take us for practice. And it was a really lovely thing. We had yeah. Christmas nights out and it was a really good thing for me, you know, sort of introducing me to more music and yeah. finding my voice. Yeah, um, and like-minded people probably as well. Absolutely, and we had so much fun. Mm. You know, we were, we were really well looked after by the older ones, you know, the adults and stuff. And growing up and that was, was a really nice experience. So I'm not one tiny bit musical, wish, wish, wish I was. Now, if I get a wee glass of wine in me, of I will absolutely scrake. Go for it. But you just said there about finding your voice. Like, tell me what you mean by that for somebody completely unaware. I well, it was just be, sort of discovering how 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 I could sing. That I could I could sing. Um, I could read music. I could sing harmonies. Um, mm. things that got there, I could pick things up, and you know, um, I could project my voice, and oh, yeah. you know, sort of, and singing with a lot of people, singing with the choir is a lovely thing because you've got people's, you know, you've got your tenors, you've got your sopranos, you've got your altos. It's a lovely mix of of uh, of sounds, um, and I sort of found my place in that. Found that I was a soprano, um, that I could, I could. Yeah, I, I, I could learn very quickly, you mm. know, and I could, as I say, I'd never really read music before um, when I joined the traditional choir of my granddad. It was when they were opening the, the chapel after it had its big refurbishment. Okay. So we were singing some really big music, you know, and, and we had to go and practice in Belfast. And, and I just real I just found a real love for it, mm. um, you know, for singing and and uh, just just everything that was mm. involved in it. And, uh, you know, my voice strengthened and I wasn't afraid to project and I wasn't afraid to sing. And, you know, then when I started doing, like, you know, gigs um, out in the bars and stuff, then I found a different style of singing mm -hmm. and, and, you know, sort of found that was a different stage of my development I think of yeah how do you how do you do that like that is I honestly it's so impressive because you obviously were doing life as well like that was just like a side thing that you loved yeah I you know I, so. was, I was always just always sang and you know I just have a real passion for it mm -hmm. you know it's like it's it just really it just it's, it's hard to describe but it's when I'm singing I just feel so fantastic like you know if I'm singing a song that I really like and you know when I'm out doing gigs now if somebody requests a song um uh that I haven't sang in years or or something like that and then I sing it and I get a real fresh oh, sort of you wow. know a freshness for it and I, I don't know it's just a feeling and it's a lovely it's a lovely thing you just get lost in it. it's a real expression and um, you know, songs that other people have written, you know, you can really express what they, mm. you know, yeah, and you can, you can, you add your own feelings into it, you yeah, know, it really, say, it's a real release as well for me. I was um, going to say, it sounds like it's really healing. Yeah. Wow, no, I'm getting all the tingles out of it, I'm like, <laughs> loving it, loving it, loving it, oh, and I, do you know, anytime, anytime I hear you singing, that is how I feel. Oh, that's lovely. Honestly, like, you can like your voice is very distinctive okay. and I do think that like because I've been I remember I've been away down in the back of O'Connor's and like I didn't <laughs> even maybe know that you were in setting up or every you know it gets that noisy and whatever yeah just then hear your voice I know there's a couple of times that I ran up to be I like, know. <laughs> like oh no it just gives you all the feels oh, every time Oh, that's really nice. Honestly, as a listener, I mean, like, okay. really does, yeah. I know, because I suppose, you know, I do get people saying to me, you know, oh, I knew that was your voice, and I knew mm -hmm. that was you. You know, I suppose there is that, 
you know, I still, like we'd spoken to before we started recording, I, st I still have a little bit of insecurity about my singing. I'm not like, hello everybody, you know, this is me and I'm great and I can really <laughs> sing and stuff like that. I'm not like that at all. Uh -huh. I love doing it and I love it when people get into it. I love feeling the energy mm. that it brings and, you know, that, you know, because I know what it's like when I'm on a night out or when I'm just anywhere and, and mm -hmm. there's a bit of music and, you know, it really lifts you and mm -hmm. you just want to listen to it. And, and, and I love that connection with people. And um, so that that's a big thing whenever I'm out playing. And it can be a quiet gig. You know, it doesn't have to be everybody up jumping around, no. dancing. It can be something very intimate and people just sitting, you know, and I can they're sitting maybe having a chat and then you see the old person you know, and, you know, you can just see them sort of with their eyes closed, having mm. a wee sway and listening to it. And I love that. Does that nearly make you want to smile while you're singing? Oh, it does. I just think, oh, oh that person's really enjoying this. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I love that I'm, you know, I'm helping them feel yeah. good. And, and yeah, it's just the best thing. It I really think is. that is the power of music. Well, the power of the arts, full yes, stop. for sure. Like, no matter what it is. But I, what I was thinking there is, so you actually go into this with your granda yep. and you said like he's passed. So does it nearly feel like, because this is what I think about, I suppose, any of the kind of arts, but especially with music and if it's something that is carried on down through the family, yeah. does it make you feel connected to him oh, yeah. and like our ancestors? Like, I mean, especially like our Irish roots and stuff like that. For sure. I mean, he, I feel like he sort of passed that love on to me mm. um of of singing and 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 the choir thing and that real mm. it's a real powerful powerful thing to be a part of um so definitely you'll know, never forget that you know do it i used to go to the practices with him and it was a lovely lovely thing like my granda was just the most amazing man he was such a gentle sweet man and uh was a great singer and it was just i loved spending that time with him it meant a lot to me you know yeah. that we had that connection yeah that's amazing you know it really did and and even dad you know dad was a great singer he played in bands and as you said owen sang and my brother Stephen. he was he wasn't a bad singer either and you know we've music has always been a massive thing in our family mm. you know like just even uh you know at christmas you know and we would always have a music on and we'd all the whole lot of us get up and have a dance in the yeah, living room and you know there's a great picture of me and kelly and Stephen and owen dancing on top of one of our beds when we were kids you know oh. just that it's always been singing and music and road trips it was always loads of music it's always been a big part of our lives we've that's always amazing. been encouraged with music and mm. you know that's a that's a big part of my family that's a big part of my connection with mm -hmm. my family um which i think is a really nice thing yeah, yeah amazing. definitely and so now you're doing that you're singing at people's weddings and stuff yeah how do you find that is that not so emotional do you know what <laughs> you get used to it i don't know i do i i love it i absolutely love it i love being a part of that and like you know i was telling someone recently whenever i'm talking it's normally the bride who's talking to me about the music let's be honest um and uh some of them will just say oh i don't really know just you pick it and i'm like i am not picking your wedding music because <laughs> well one of the main things is I can't believe people would actually say that yeah they just say go you on ahead and, and I'm like no you need to you need to pick this because as nervous as you might be and you might not be listening really at the time you will listen back to it and it will it will mean something and it mm. is it, to me it's a big part of the, the ceremony and that's because I connect with music but you know so many other people do and mm -hmm. I think it's a very you know it sets the ambiance sets the tone and if they have a song that means something to them, then it should be mm -hmm. involved. Um, but the other thing is, you know, I'm like, what if I, what if I pick a song that's something to do that like you just don't like, or something to do with an ex or ah! a bad experience in your life? I'm like, no chance. I am not. I'm not taking on that responsibility. But uh, but no, I love I love weddings. I absolutely love them. I just I love that just that declaration of. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's religious or whether it's whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, just that declaration of love, and and it's just it's just a lovely thing to witness. I I never get bored of it. Yeah, and music. It's not even love and every other emotion going. Yeah, that's it. I know, and it's hard. You know, I've, I've I remember singing at a wedding one time, and the, I was at the front, and the bride was walking towards me, and she was crying uncontrollably, and I was like, oh, okay. Where do I look? Where do I look? Don't cry, don't cry. Oh, Standing right up the front. But I just, I, I don't know. I suppose I've been singing for so long and, you know, 
I sang it in musicals and stuff where there's so you know there's so much emotion involved in any song I sing yeah. and I try and, and make sure I if I don't like it and I don't feel like singing it I won't do it mm-hmm. I need to want to do it um but you know I've sang at very difficult times as well and you know, kept my composure as best I could um, wow, because I, it means something I, to me. I don't know. I just, I focus on the words and I just try and just think of that and not about everything else that's going on just for that, just for that, however long it takes to get it, to get it sang because um, it's something very important. Yeah, of course. I, I want to make sure I do and it. And then justice. go and fall apart afterwards. Absolutely. <laughs> then just cry my eyes out afterwards. That you know, I've done that a few times, oh. you know, it's you know, it's sad events and yeah, stuff like that. Of course. That. But it you know, it means a lot to me to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about your own wedding? What did you do for that? I know you had a very intimate small wedding. Did you sing at your own wedding? Well, I did, but not at the ceremony, obviously. Oh, okay. I had I had um, some very good friends of mine as for, you know, for as long as I've known them, I knew that you know, if I ever got married, oh, I would love them. Oh, wow, love that. Uh, so it was my friend Matt, he's a singer, and then Colm on guitar and uh, with John on keys. And they're just, fat. they're absolutely amazing. Um, so they sang when I was coming in, and then Matt sang one of his own songs that we had chosen oh, um, in the middle. And then they sang a song for us. Yeah, then they, they did the drinks reception, they called me up and I sang. Um, I sang a song with them. And then the band in the evening, we got like a blues band. Class. who were amazing um, and I had said to the guy before you know like a few months before when I spoke and I emailed and I said listen I am a singer is there any chance I could sing a few songs I want to sing a song as a surprise before our first dance for Bob and then if I could do a few later just when the party's all kicking off and I'm, I, I I could just picture him rolling his eyes going oh but she's a singer you know I know she wants to get up and sing great <laughs> So I organised songs and then once I got up and did the first song, I think they were like, all right, she can sing. So this is actually going to go okay. So I did, I did a few songs oh, there and it was class. great. I, it was great crack. Like I had to, I had to organise it rather Absolutely. than just, oh, quilla or I won't, I just mm. was like, I know I'm going to. Yeah, so, class. And I know I want to, yeah. so I'll just get it organised. So yeah, yeah. wow. And just, even when we're, we're talking about this, um, because you had mentioned about the, you started it with like the folk kind of music. You actually looked like a kind of folk kind of bride. Aye. You did. It was beautiful. Like, yeah. that's definitely, that'll be the theme. I'm Like, that whole natural, like, you know that you've, like an Irish bride kind of, like. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. what we wanted. We wanted something, um, it didn't have to be quirky necessarily, but, it, you know, something natural, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, floral, like, that's why I had a floral headband. Yeah. Um, definitely. You know, I could have gone mm-hmm. down the big gown thing it just didn't suit mm-hmm. the day we were having mm-hmm. you know we wanted something more laid back and yeah and yeah celtic um, yes you know something something at home and that's why we had it in Tessa. we wanted to have it in balacasa but just the hotel type wedding wasn't no wasn't wasn't our thing and um yeah we just went down decorated and put a load of dream catchers around and yeah. i just yeah just did our thing and and that worked for us yeah really well but that's the kind of thing i was more of a hippie kind of yeah thing as well. i'm with you girl yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> Stephen already knows like that is what's happening like i probably will be in my bare feet yeah definitely flowers in my hair uh-huh, for sure and we're going to be doing the whole hand tying thing and oh, all like dear. definitely do you know what the the beautiful thing about our like john foley our celebrant our humanist celebrant he um because neither of us are particularly religious yeah. um so that was the right that was the right choice mm-hmm. for us but it was such a lovely thing to you know, we met up with him a few times, you know, around the house for a glass of wine and yeah. just chatted yeah. about us and, and it and it was all about us. And your love. Yeah. And your story. Exactly. That's that's yeah. all it was. Yeah. And it was so relaxed and everybody was having a bit of crack through it and we were laughing and you know there was nothing there was nothing uptight about it. Mm-hmm. There was wasn't even really that nervous. Um there was no real stress and I didn't oh, want I it. it. I wanted it just to be about us getting married and being in love and having those people that we yeah. wanted you know and there was only you know we had we only I mean 70 people still had quite a lot of people mm-hmm. but that's all we could have so you know I even had to ask like a few groups of my friends to come without their partners mm-hmm. who are people I know very well mm-hmm. because we didn't have the space but uh, the way we had to do it then it meant that the people who we are in contact with all the time and who are in our lives all the time were there yeah. there wasn't any extras there wasn't any people that you know and you know I unashamedly did that because yeah. 
I was like, I'm not going to just ask people for the sake of it yeah. because this is about us. I do already know a few friends that are like that are married and they're like, what the hell? Like, yeah, they're maybe not even friends anymore and stuff. It's just like, yeah, noted. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, just before we move on, um, I, I do you think that somebody like me that is not musical but really does love music like I see a choir or so, a choir yeah that is something that I've always like it would be a big dream that I would like join something like that is it possible I don't see why not to like me I, to me if you if you found something that can you sing at all um, I mean sometimes when I'm drunk and I sing my dad is like Jeez, that was beautiful. But like the odd time, right? Okay. Other times, I like I no, I like I would definitely. I'd... The thing, the thing is, you're going to find different choirs. So you're going to find choirs where it has to be perfect, and it's all about. No, that would not be for me. No. <laughs> but you, you'd probably be able, you know, to find something where it's all about the joy of it, mm, the okay. joy of singing, and the joy of music. I don't, I don't know where you would find it, but exactly. that to me, you know, because I saw you on your Instagram there at some concert in Dublin yeah. there. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yes, exactly. That's what you want. You want yeah. because people say to me all the time, Oh, I can't sing and I would love to be able to sing. I'm like, but do you enjoy like putting a bit of music on and singing along and do you oh, feel that? And they're like Roaring in the car, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. To me, if you get that feeling and you can find a group of people that you know, you don't want I mean, you don't want to have everybody like, you know, I'm barking dogs. As no, exactly. <laughs> That's what I worry about, yeah. But no, if you if you can find if you find a group mm. or you know, God, you could probably even start one and you would find people <sighs> who just love to get together and Honestly, I have this notion now you, I was telling you before we started recording that I I am starting my own little thing like yeah. behind the rainbow and it's all about people just finding their rainbow is finding their big shiny bright colorful life Mm -hmm. because we all deserve that we all deserve to find that and I have visions again I was telling you about that I have these like notions and things that just come in my head and I'm like right work towards that one of them is because you know what else I've discovered like I've always loved going out and like when I was a teenager I've gone out dancing and yeah singing along whatever but I actually like find like I dance about now like to nearly like oh like release energy out of my body and I have seen a lot about that kundalini dancing and that's just literally free dancing that just literally shakes off the energy and like I've been put on some essential oils and I just do that in the living room like on my own love it and I'm like I need to start this I need to get people in we'll dim the lights down we'll put on good music like that's quite healing we'll have loads of essential oils flying about the room and we'll just dance it out do you know what? It's such a great thing because that is that, you know, I'm going to say dance that you're still watching, but the just move whatever way you feel yeah. you want to move. Well, whatever way your body intuitively is Absolutely. needing right that minute. Yeah. Because I, I remember, um, a few years ago now, um, friends of ours um, had a band called The Jam Band. I mean, I don't know whether they even still get together anymore, but... We used to get together, we used to have nights up in people's houses and stuff, Class. and we'd all be there partying away, and there was a couple of girls there that sort of yeah. did that, and yeah. I was like, that's that's really, really cool. Yeah. And then when I started going to Glastonbury, and got, um, you know, made a lot of friends, I've got like a really, really strong group of friends that I, I sort of made through Glastonbury, and I found myself sometimes there, not dancing the way I normally would dance. Yes. And it was like just letting your body be free. Yeah, yeah. not having to dance to the beat or to, you know, a certain, just the way you grew up dancing, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and it's a real, mm-hmm. you know, it's like Phoebe and Friends running through the park, yes. you know, whatever yes. way she wants. To. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's a really lovely mm. that that's a really lovely idea because because it is it's just you just it's all about it's all about you. Yes, it's enjoyable to dance, of course it is, but yeah, as you say, releasing and just moving in a way that just feels mm-hmm. it just comes to you you're not mm-hmm. you're not following any pattern mm-hmm. or anything like that there that's a re- that's a really nice idea i would come to that if you did that okay great well i've got my first <laughs> sign up yes that's obviously way doing i you know i would need to have a good enough big space for that and just but anyway it's a notion that i have you can anyway. start off in your living room with a few friends yeah so yeah. true yes yeah yes okay you can do it Woo. right so katrina yes um yeah so we've talked about the music and that's something that you've been doing since you were younger when did you decide you were going to be a nurse I so I had been 
I'd been out gigging and stuff, and I'd been gigging in Belfast, and and I, I felt like I felt like I needed something else. Um, I was gigging full time. It was very, I sort of, I think I sort of not started to not enjoy it. Like when I started gigging, there was a whole group of us up Belfast doing it, and we gigged and we partied and we had a brilliant time. Mm -hmm. But then it came to the point where I was like, so I write sometimes. I haven't written in ages, but. I'm not very confident with it, which is a thing, which I, th I think is imposter syndrome. That's why I don't do it a lot. Okay, like your own, own your own songs, my own stuff. Yeah, I'm not really that confident in doing it because I'm not sure it's that good. I'm that good at it, so that's probably why I don't really do it that much. So at that point, some of my musical friends were starting to do that, and then I was like, do you know what? If I was to start doing something like that, there. You know, I just had it in my head. I would need something solid, yeah. something else solid yeah. behind me or whatever. Makes sense. So I was doing a lot of temp work and stuff, and I just got tired of it. Um, and then I was back in Bally Castle, and I started working down in Rathmoy, in the residential home there, and I just loved it. Aww. Like I absolutely loved it, and I found I had more of a like a an interest in the clinical side of things mm -hmm. and actually treating people. You know, we were caring for people, which is an absolutely amazing job and it's very very rewarding um but i, ju I just I, i've got a real thirst for ca caring if yeah. that makes sense absolutely and making people feel better and, mm -hmm. and you know my communication skills were were you know developing with people with learning disabilities and mental health disabilities and dementia and things like that and i just decided right i'm going to do my nursing so i mm. went to the tech in korea and i did a year's uh, access course and then got into Korean to do my degree and it was tough going like it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a tough degree now I have to say anybody going through nursing will know that it's full on it's not mm -hmm. like go to a couple of lectures no. and then go out partying that's no right way, yeah, my friends that were doing that at the time like they they didn't get like oh I'm sleep can sleep in tomorrow it was they yeah. were working you signed in for your lecture if you missed three lectures you were brought up in front of the head of the school and you were you know told you better pull up your socks mm -hmm. here so no I it was hard work met some brilliant friends at it um, and uh, got through it and uh, yeah I love it yeah I, I just I'm, I love the as I say the clinical side of things I love you know treating people and trying to work out what's you know obviously with the medical teams and stuff trying to sort of you know you you're looking after somebody you're like right that's not so right today you know something's something's up and then you try and work out what it is and you do different tests and you you know, when you're involved in that diagnosis and in that treatment and, and in helping them. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, you lose patience and, and that's very sad. Um, you know, and it is difficult and, you know, it never gets any easier for me anyway. Um, but to be there with people um, getting better, amazing, seeing yeah. progress, seeing improvement, absolutely class. Or seeing them leave the hospital with their family. Probably. Yeah. Yeah so great and people getting home and gaining a bit more independence that they've maybe lost through whatever's gone on mm -hmm. is a great thing um and then the other side of obviously with you losing people you know it's uh it's it's extremely sad um but it's also a real privilege to be with people at mm. that time of you know their life totally. as well you know when you really you know you do you know you do you do really do feel that quite deeply um and that it's very important to me you yeah. know and for the families and be support you know to everybody yeah. um it's it's a great job it really is were you never squeamish at all because i i think i would actually love nursing or at least that kind of role but i just my biggest phobia in this world and it's like don't i have to get jabs every uh -huh. few months or for the rest of my life getting a cannula put in oh, oh. i just had a scan there on Friday passed and I still cry I still cry and it's every six months like but right. anyway um two squeamish squeamish could never could never be a nurse so right, were you okay. never I don't think so really no I don't really remember being squeamish um I no I mean I, I to be honest the, the real test was when I went to work in orthopedic theatres in Belfast oh. when hips and knees oh. and stuff okay that, that's pretty tough that that's just to start with when I was watching that stuff I was like whoa mm. my god that's oh Jesus right okay but then in the middle then once I was in doing it loved it okay you know you'd be scrubbed in then you'd be you know blood to the bloody eyeballs 
or really, um, you know, just and and just didn't care. I well, loved it because it's so amazing what they can do. Like some of the stuff they were doing in those theaters was incredible. Um, but you know, some of it. <laughs> I remember one time, they, they would do amputations and stuff, which is such a big deal. But they were doing <laughs> they were doing a toe amputation one time, and the surgeon knew it was my very first one. So when he when he finally when he finally got it off, he sort of had it in the forceps and like put it towards my <laughs> my face. To, like take the piss out of me and I was like Wah! oh my god <laughs> he thought it was really really funny I didn't know that I can I can watch somebody hammering a knee and something out there but I took no no <laughs> with the whole inside the bone like everything you could it just, just see the all toe. it was just the toe on its own <sighs> and he cut it off and he just sort of as if he was going to chase me around with it. Which I would was literally funny. just faint there and then. Yeah. Like, definitely. We would get students in that would faint, yeah. you know, in the theatre. Did you never faint? No. No, in your no. practice, well, you're hardy then. No, I didn't. I never fainted. But, um, yeah, some people, no, it's not for some people, definitely. It depends where you work. And the good thing about nursing is there's so many different mm. areas. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going can... to ask, what's your favourite area or can you even choose? I don't know. Um, I really loved theatres. Okay. I, really, I really, really, really did, but it was time for me to move on. And yeah, that that's that's at that time when I had my cancer diagnosis. Um, and when I came back, I just sort of felt like it wasn't the right fit for me, so I left. Um, I've loved every type of nursing I've done, but I did really love that surgery side of it. But then I love elderly care as well. Um, and I like the community now going out into people's homes and, you know, being that one person that that person sees all day you know even though that is very sad it's a it's a nice thing to be able to go in and spend a bit of time with them and ask them how they are and show them a bit of Mm -hmm. care and 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 I really do enjoy that um going out into people's homes and you know it's it's very very busy and sometimes you know you feel like you're chasing your tail but you know I really do feel like I'm making a difference when I'm doing that kind of work and up on the dial as well there's a lot of elderly people, um, and uh, you know, you do you do feel like you're really helping, you know. So are you doing these two different roles at the same time? Like you go into the dial for like a day shift or whatever, and yeah. then you're also going around the community other days. Yeah. So I I don't have a permanent position anywhere. I work on the bank, mm-hmm. which is you know as and when like mm-hmm. people. But I've been doing that for nearly five years now, and I've never been short of work. So yeah, I have to I have to be able to work around the music because it's booked a year in advance. Mm-hmm. So then I look at my calendar and I go right. I can work these days in nursing. Amazing. That's amazing. So I'm really really lucky, and yeah. I worked in Coleraine for uh, a few years in the district, mm-hmm. out in the community, and loved it. But then. They, they, you know, I need in Ballycastle, um, and it's so closer to home, and it's great. You know, you're you're in your own town, and yeah. you know, I can nip home at lunchtime and let the dogs out for a pee. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's lovely being in your own community. Some people don't like that, don't like working in their own community because they don't necessarily like going into people that they know and having to do certain things for them and then seeing them in the shop or seeing somebody you know out and about. But I that doesn't bother me. I don't mind no. that at all. No, I think I'd love that as well. Yeah. Um, it's probably actually sometimes do you ever have to feel like you know there's maybe some patients that you feel like you should ask, oh, are you going to be okay with me doing this or no? Sometimes I would. You know, there there was somebody recently who I knew through a family member, um, and I had to go and it was quite a you know it was quite an intimate treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just phoned first of all. I just said, mm-hmm. Trina here, do you mind me coming and doing that? And they were like, no bother, come on ahead. So certain times, you know, I would check, but. A lot of the wee elderly people in the town that I go into, a few a few of them I wouldn't have known at all, you know, and then I'll get chatting and I'll know, you know, my mum and the Donleys yeah, and, you know, yeah. somebody and, oh, you're the singer, all oh, right, okay, yeah. you know, and get that there. But no, no, it's never, I've never had anyone who's been like, oh, no, I don't want you yeah. doing this. I'm just thinking, because I know mum at the start used to be like, oh, so embarrassed, so embarrassed, but now, well, and then I understand now as well myself from them being in the, for surgery and stuff and you go in with, I can't remember you going. I feel like you go in in like your clothes or you're going like definitely not undressed and then you come out of surgery. Yeah. Nothing on, stuff, tubes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I just don't, I don't care. I think now I'm that person that gets changed in front of anybody. Everyone yeah. don't care. But I used to be so, no, like prudish nearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now not. So mum is completely different now. But yeah, I was just wondering if you would ever go into like, people and they would still be like oh god 
No, I've, I've gone into people where they maybe have only had people start coming in to see them in their own house. Oh, and they're just, it's just, it's not, it's obviously not you, but it's just they're just Anybody. feeling that about themselves. Of course, it's, yeah. it feels like a loss of independence Absolutely, for a lot of people, yeah. which is very tough. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we just, if there's anyone feeling any way apprehensive, I, I just leave everything up to them. Mm-hmm. You know, take my time, mm-hmm. tell them, we'll take it at your pace, you know, if you want me to stop at any time, if you're not happy with this, you know, you always leave, make sure they know that anything is, yeah. is, is all their decision, you know, that's because you're, so you're going into their house and that's their, that's their haven, that's mm-hmm. their home and, you know, it's not an easy thing to let yeah. people into. There definitely is some nurses that would be like, oh, wise up, wise up and it really does, it does really, that's even stuck with me, like, Oh, no. Yeah, right. do you know? Like it, no, because if you're going through, like, cancer or something and you've lost your hair and you feel, like, not yourself, yeah. that then does make you then just feel like, oh, yeah, I'm so annoying. Like, oh, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it changes you. Of course it does. Yeah. And, but, you know, you would hope that most... Most yeah, I can just imagine you would be very sensitive to everything. Oh, I bet you're just, I bet you go in and you make them be like, that was great crack. I can just imagine. <laughs> I probably talk far too much. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably like finished your shift an hour before and you're still going because you're just chatting. <laughs> I know, no, I do, I do like taking a bit of time because uh, I've worked on really busy wards where you do not have time mm. to scratch your arse. You've hardly time to go to the toilet. You've hardly mm. time to do anything. You have no time Mm. to you've very little time with the patients you know you're giving them their medications mm-hmm. you're you know they you're you've a lot of nursing stuff to do so maybe the auxiliaries are the ones providing a lot of the personal care you don't hardly get to do any of that whereas in the likes of the dal yes it's busy out in the district yes it's busy but i always have that time yeah you make that to time. have a conversation mm-hmm. um and to see if there's anything else that's needed and just to ask them how they are and you know whether you know who they're related to and what family yeah. they have, you know, and and sort of have a look around and get an idea of who they are and, and talk to them about that because, you know, a five minute conversation uh, is not going to makes mm-hmm. such a difference and I that's why I like the places I work now because, I have that time yeah to spend with Perfect, them. Perfect. Yeah. Which to me I know somebody as personable as you, I can imagine you wouldn't. You would be if you weren't able to do that because I do know I've got a couple of friends that do that role in Belfast and they are constantly in trouble because they are spending that time with these wee old ladies oh, and all. And like this friend of mine, especially that does it, like she is the most personable person. Like she is, you know, the most huggy, squishy person. Uh-huh. And it's breaking her heart that like she's in so much trouble all the time and oh. chasing her tail. Yeah, it's awful. In trouble for being nice and taking yeah, time to but like... That, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you as well. Like, as a nurse, like, have you noticed from you started till now, like, the big difference? Like, it's kind of... Do you feel like the healthcare is just... Or the, the health system is falling on its knees? Like Well, it definitely, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, when I first started, I was over in Liverpool for a year. And we were busy, but we were... You know, it was fine. It was manageable. Everything was grand. Came mm-hmm. back here... um. And having worked on the wards, now I did my training in Coleraine and there was one ward I worked on there twice as a student and then after I qualified I did the odd shift there, loved it, really got into the swing of it. The last few times, now I haven't been in there in a couple of years, but the last few shifts I did in there were an absolute nightmare. You had, I mean... I mean, it was different. You're, you're going in as a bank nurse, so you're going in to do one shift maybe or two shifts a week, whereas the rest of the nurses are there five days a week. But you have, there was, you were given a handover for like 30 patients. Um, you had to try and, you know, go around and see the person and, and put a face to the name and, and, and try and remember what, and there was doctors and physios and people phoning, family phoning, and you just had constantly had people... people you know, when you you were maybe looking after six, mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. but you would be asked about, you know, you you couldn't say, oh, I don't know about that. You couldn't say, I don't really know about that patient. You had to, you had to, you had to know. You had you had to try and find out, and you just spent most of your time trying to get to know the people and right, what's why are they here and what's their skin like and what even if I hadn't seen their skin because the auxiliaries had to do that. You'd be, okay. It was just it was just wow. a lot. You'd be having to catch up on your notes. You'd be doing the rounds, speaking to the doctors to see what they needed doing for the, all of those patients and make sure it was all done, make sure mm. it was all documented. Um, just, it was, 
like I would do a twelve hour shift in there and walk I remember walking to my car one day going, I have no idea what I did today. Yeah. It's just gone by in such a flash. I have mm-hmm. no idea. I probably you know, and I'm not even ashamed to say it, I probably if they said to me, um, what does Joe Bloggs look like? What bed are they in? Or whatever, I'd be like, do you know what? I, I don't know if it's that person or that person. Mm-hmm. Because you just hardly had the time. Um, mm-hmm. And it was... And now, you know, we get text messages um, through. Like, I would definitely would come out... There was, there was a couple of times I'd come out and I'd be like, did I do everything that I was supposed to do today? Did I make sure that they were okay? You know, nothing ever happened to anybody. You just wanted to make sure Mm -hmm. you looked after everybody properly, you know. And I never would not do that, but you really are put under pressure to the point where you're worried you've missed something. Um, You know, and that's a very scary place to be. It is, yeah. Um, So I haven't worked in there since um, because it just just stressed me out far too much. And I thought, I I don't like that environment. I can't can't do that. Katrina... So you mentioned briefly just there and when we were chatting before, um, you actually have been through cancer yourself now. Mm. So is it like, do you actually now know you need, you need to have rest and restore after say a shift or whatever, you need to look after your body. So that environment is full, you know, I know for, for myself as well, like that environment is, your body is probably screaming like, get out, get out. Yeah. We can't do this. That We don't do this anymore. Like yeah. we can't, we need to know our limits. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I am not prepared to uh, suffer for, uh, unnecessarily. Exactly. Put myself through something that I know is going to make me feel stressed and anxious and unwell and and mm-hmm. um uneasy um mm-hmm. and like I'm not looking after myself like don't get me wrong as we were saying beforehand I do um you know the summer was crazy there for for different reasons but um you know I've had like, such anxiety in the past that whenever I'm doing too much it hits mm-hmm. and I know when it I can see the signs when it's starting to get that way and now rather than just say well, you know, I'm only 42, I should be able to do those things and I should be able to get on with it and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop now. I'm going to have a look at things. I'm going to do the things I need to do. I've maybe lost sight of a little bit, like doing a bit of meditation and, you know, sitting silently with myself or reading my book or something. I'm on my phone too much instead of reading my book. or So I'll make those changes back again mm-hmm. and, and find, you know, and self-care and... Yeah, I've no, I've no problem saying no to stuff now. Yeah, boundaries, no boundaries, boundaries. For sure. I mean, I remember working. You know, when I started nursing, and people said, "Oh, sure, um, you're only young. You can, you'll be able to deal with that." And blah blah blah. And then I was I like, "Oh, I, thought, one. Oh, I should be, I should be, yeah, 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 yeah." And then I wasn't able to, and I was like, "No, not doing exactly. that." Exactly. That is, I, that is actually. I'm so glad you said that because I do feel like it's an unwritten. Like, who the hell said this or whoever made this up? Because mm-hmm. now that we both went through cancer, like, yes, we definitely have to at least think, was it because our life was so freaking busy? There was so much stress. Mm-hmm. It was just like, go, 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 yeah, mad, mad, yeah. mad. And we just thought, that's the norm. Oh, my God. Like, I never want to get old. I never want to be boring. Yep. Who ever said that's the norm? Don't know. I really don't. You sort of felt like you had to, oh yeah, you want me to go, oh yeah, I'll go and do that. Yeah, I'll go and do that. Yeah, I'll go and do that. And stretching yourself so unbelievably thin. Um, but thinking, oh, well, I'm only young, so I can handle that. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think we were ever taught when we were younger to self-care and no. that it was important to take time. It was always like, just get your head down and get on with it. Yeah. And I do think that... I'm sure some men listening to it are going to be like, oh, but as women as well, you know, we just, we just get on with it, you know, and we do, we multitask and we, we, we have to, you know, we want to look after people, other people, other people, other people. Always, yeah. And worry about how they're feeling all the time rather than ourselves. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, I suppose cancer was one of those things that did make me, you know, God, I mean, it was just coming through the radiotherapy and stuff and being so tired right. and having to succumb to, I need to go to bed in the middle of the day. Yeah. And right. then, yeah, stuff like that. And then be like, but that's me listening. You know, I, I'm still still a work in progress that, but now I try and listen to myself. Good. I'm you glad know, to hear that. I definitely do. I'm like, do I want to do that? 
or do I want to do that? Mm. Like, I want to do that, but that's what I'm going to do. Do I want to stay in bed for an hour and read my book, or do I want to get up and go to the gym, or do I want to get up and go and do the shopping, or do I want to get up and do the washing? I want to stay in bed for another hour and read my book. That's what I do. Mm, yeah. So I don't... I think, you know, a lot of the time I was doing stuff, I thought, I should be doing I should be doing that, and I can't, I can't yeah. not be doing anything because you're so busy. Whenever you've got some free time, my husband's great at that. He's like, would you just... Mm-hmm. Sit and just, yeah, my same exact same. Yeah, you don't need to be doing stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. But it's like you needed someone else to tell you to do I that. I know, but... and that's even when we know better. We still, we're still, oh, right, you're right. Yeah, oops. Hi, exactly. Yeah. Like, right, oh, I needed you to do that. That's great. Thank you. And then, yeah, so I, I, and I do say no to things now. If I look if I look at my diary and I'm like, no, that's enough. There's yeah. enough. There's enough in that now. Yeah. I'm not taking Do you still get else. that kind of, because... I've only very recently, probably only a few weeks ago, was one of the first times I'm really aware that I was like, no, I say I'm not going. Like, I had plans made and it was all planned out. And on the day, I was just like, I'm just not up to it and I'm not going. And I was like, do I feel guilty? No, I think I feel really proud of myself. Yeah. Isn't that a strange thing? It's like a liberating kind of thing because you're like, I'm doing this for myself and I know that this is the right thing for me. Um, And it's not like you're... You know, you're not going to do something that's really going to upset somebody else or really piss somebody off. Now, if I had something organised and I felt, you no, know, I'm feeling a bit anxious or I'm just, I just don't want to do it. I just, you know, it's it's not the right thing for me to be doing now. If I'm going to tell that person that and they're going to get annoyed with me, then they're not somebody I want to have around. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So if I, if somebody can't understand, because I would totally understand if somebody said that to yeah. me and I expect that. Of the people in my life, yeah, you know, which I'm very lucky that the people in my life are like that. You know, they'd like, actually be proud of you and delighted. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that you're just going to rest instead. Aye, mm-hmm. and if and if somebody said to me, oh, "Could you not?" and I and I just had, I would have to say, I no, I can't. I just... No, and actually, you're not as good a friend as I thought you were. <laughs> Are you not listening to me? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm lucky. I'm no lucky. reply. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How was it for you? Because you were probably nursing at the time that you actually were going and, and you got your pro, your diagnosis in. Yeah. How was that for you? Yeah, yeah, really big shock, I have to say. Um, I I had found the lump and had left it for a wee while. I'd left it for a few months because I thought that was maybe just... Uh, it didn't feel like really that much. Um, so I thought leave it for a while, so I left it. And then I was like, mm, it's not going away. And I was nursing. And I went to the gp who referred me to the city um and they were the ones it was the one stop clinic so you went in um i had my diagnosis that evening wow i within a couple of hours so i went in the was examined they took me in i think it was an ultrasound or maybe a mammogram i can't remember which came first but i knew when i was getting the ultrasound that something wasn't right because they were like wanting to take biopsies and and I just I just had a feeling mm-hmm. I was trying to keep myself calm and then um uh, then I had to wait and I had to go for another mammogram and then but it was all in the same outpatients department and that was on that same day mm-hmm. wow so my friend Becky was with me um and uh, she was brilliant she was really brilliant and uh uh yeah doctor brought me in and said we're a bit worried about this and I just exploded into tears i just couldn't believe it um and uh and i because i suppose after my brother passed away i'd started you know i had been treated for like depression and anxiety and stuff and you know that catastrophizing kind of thing because something so bad had happened i was so worried about something else bad happening and that was very hard to control so it was that anxiety so when it did when I was told that, it was just horrendous. Uh, I found, yeah. For you, and then probably you were thinking, no, another blow for my family. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Katrina. That was really tough. That's probably one of the things that sort of scared me the most was, mm-hmm. you know, because I remember doing an interview with local women and I said that, I was like, you know, I was like, this cannot be, this cannot end badly. <laughs> you know, I, I, this, our family can't go through something else like this again. Um, and that's awful that that's, that's what, you know, like, we were, I think we were kind of chatting about, like, we need to prioritise and, like, we, we do have to come first because we can't pour from an empty cup and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But that was your go-to. You were, rather than you thinking, like, about, right, I need to 
get, get well because I it was actually you're worrying about other people there yeah, and I that's was, I was so worried about telling my family mm-hmm. um, like really worried about telling them but then I think shortly after that then because I remember saying to my sister because you know she was upset and stuff obviously and, and I was like listen because we, we'd obviously we'd known people who'd passed away from cancer and stuff and and I just said, I just said to her, this is going to be my journey and my individual journey alone, yes. just because someone else has, you know, passed away from cancer, just, you know, because it was, for whatever reason it was diagnosed today, it was just, it just got the better of them. Um, I says, that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen to me. I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. what I do know is I'm going to face it with positivity yes. and I'm just going to focus on the next thing. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna, you know, mum. My mum was always instilled in me. Don't think too far ahead. Don't mm. don't jump those steps ahead mm. because you don't really know Brilliant. what they are. That's um, so good. Yeah, she's great. Was like she that. even like that when she found out about your? Oh diagnosis? god, yeah. Because like, wow. Whenever I was saying right, you know, I prepare ourselves. I might need chemo, and you know, she was like, but you might not. You okay, don't know well, that, and I didn't need it. Don't make disaster halfway. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. That's so, that's that's. Mum's always been like that. You know, wow. She's always been like that, you know, and, you know, she's so good. She said her mum was like, you know, where she's just like, I'm not going to stress and worry over something that hasn't even happened. I'm Perfect. like, not happened. You know, and that was something I was very bad at doing um, okay. with my anxiety and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, so she was a, they all got, the whole family was a massive support, obviously. And, um, but it was, I, so I just sort of learned to focus on, right, the next hospital appointment. Mm-hmm. Once, once, once we had the appointment where they were told, I was told, right, because they thought it was in my other breast, so I had to go up and get biopsies and stuff, and it was really quite painful and stuff, and it was just very traumatic. And mm. um, when they told me it wasn't in there, um, and it was in there, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and what the plan was, once I had a plan, I was able to focus on something, mm-hmm. you know, and you knew what they were saying, right, so you're going to have this here, and then we'll see how advanced it is or what it is, what stage it is, and then it'll possibly be this. So I was like, right, well, the next appointment's then, so that's what I'm going to think about. Yeah. And then, yeah, and just, and in the meantime, just tried to get out. That beach was walked off, I swear. I'm sure you're the same. It sounds that like you, just... you learned to be a more positive person be, in, because of and in spite of the cancer. Yeah, I think so. I think I definitely became more, um, I whatever, you know, with things that don't matter. Wow. as well really yeah. like not like I sometimes I do stress out about things but mm-hmm. I definitely not as much like I don't you know if you catch yourself quicker maybe I I do and you know if somebody's going on about something and I'm like I don't, I don't belittle anything you know anyone's talking about or anything like that there but I'll I'll say to them listen have a better perspective here and it's not like oh I've had cancer so it's not as bad as that not in the slightest no, I, I just I I'm able to sort of sort of pull things apart a bit better mm. and say right well it's not really that big a deal for me so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dive into that and start yeah. you know messing it about mm. and then you know I, I, I let things sort of wash over me a bit easier yeah. now definitely and sometimes cancer is the gift that we never knew that we needed I know, like flip's sake. I know it really does you know it really does change your mindset with with things where you mm-hmm. you know they say don't sweat, sweat the small things and mm-hmm. sometimes depending on where my hormone, hormones are that might not be the case right right but, <laughs> but definitely well that's it that's it mm-hmm. so sometimes yes I do you know get a bit ratty about something stupid or whatever but it doesn't last long and mm-hmm. I don't let myself you know, I don't let myself just panic too much about it, about anything really. Um, yeah. You know, there is still that anxiety of the cancer coming back and stuff, Absolutely. which is a work in progress, you know, and I'll probably always have that. But, I think so. But, you know, I came off the hormone treatment about a year ago and I was really shitting myself about that, you know, and I was like, oh, go, go, go. And now it doesn't, I, I thought about it the other day for some reason, I can't even remember why. And I said to me, I, I realised you hadn't well, thought about it in a way. I really thought about it in a way. Oh, yeah. that's brilliant. And I haven't really worried about it because I'm just like, well, you know, if it comes back, it does. But, mm. you know, I, there's no like. And do you go for scans it. regularly? What's. Just go for my yearly mammogram now because okay. the, the team are so good. I'm sure you know, like, your, your support team are great there and the breast care nurses always there if I have any sort of mm-hmm. concern phone them up oh yeah they'll have me in within two weeks to get seen yeah Um. but recently I had a bone scan there Um. Oh, it must be about seven or eight months ago when it was grand um, and uh, yeah they've sort of signed me off 
as in you're still with us but we're not going to call you up for you know I don't need to go and see mm. the oncologist or anything amazing so I only get seen if I need to be seen and go for my mammogram every year which is coming up now on the 15th of November okay. couldn't believe it when the letter came in because I was like frick it's that time of year oh, again really? yeah. and I do get anxious in the run up oh, to it and I do shit I myself do too, waiting yeah. for the results you yeah. know you just do don't you it's just that and Katrina, I have seen you did do a few posts and stuff online. Um, would you just tell the listeners about actually checking yourself then? Because I think some, especially young girls, they yeah. wouldn't even know what that means and why it's important. Yeah, sure, I know because I've had a lot of people since I did my, you know, I did my posts on Instagram every day during my diagnosis treatment stuff, um, and a lot of people have said to me even in the shop, you know, I started checking and I found something, Brilliant. but it's not, there's nothing wrong with it, and you know, it's benign or it's just a cyst or something like that. So, so the main thing is just to check once a month. So you don't want to be you don't want to be checking yourself every few days because if there's a difference, you're not really going to notice it then. So once a month, I do it. Um, I normally do it in the shower, um, and really to go on online and you can find loads of different um there's advice everywhere just if you just google um you know how to check your breasts it would bring you up diagrams you know and it's not just checking for lumps it's checking for any discharge any sort of crusting around the nipples inverted nipples um change in shape when you lift your arms mm -hmm. loads of different stuff because you know a lot of it the, the lumps sometimes aren't obvious and just the areas to check from your collarbone right down to the bottom of your breast check your armpits as well and um yeah I, I you know it's a visual thing so definitely to go on to google and just how to check your breast friends of the cancer center in belfast have a you know you can order like a wee it's a wee shower hanger thing that you can put in the shower and it's got diagrams oh, but brilliant. it's really good so there there's any amount of resources yeah. anywhere um cop feel uk mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. go online instagram posts there's loads of stuff on there or you can go into my instagram um, as well and uh, you know for a previous post I might put something up actually now after this mm. just uh, just a repost of mm -hmm. how to check yourself Um, but yeah I mean people are scared to do it because they're scared of finding something I'm scared of doing it now because I'm scared I'm going to find something but I would much rather find something and get it dealt with absolutely you know early detection is just such an important yeah. important message and like you said in the end then you didn't even have to have the chemo no so no they just cut cut the lump out i had to get two surgeries to make sure it was all out and then i had radiotherapy for a month and then i had the hormone therapy for five years mm. yeah so it's you know it's not an easy time but i was very lucky you know and i and i know that um you know because i've you know i had a friend who passed away from breast cancer and another girl who reached out to me through my blog um who passed away i went to visit her and then she passed away a few weeks later i didn't really know her but you know, it really That's hard, it's, isn't it? it's tough, it's really hard and it's scary and it makes, you know, I used to think I was being selfish, being like, oh God, I hope that doesn't happen to me, you know, but I do hope that doesn't happen to me, you mm -hmm. know, unfortunately it is a terrible disease and it, it, mm -hmm. it sometimes it has a very negative outcome, but, you know, I think with research and, and you know, there's so many treatments out there that, you know, it's, it's hard to say to people, don't be scared because everyone's going to be scared, but you know, I think you have to take control of it, check yourself, mm -hmm. and if you find something, just get to the doctor straight away because absolutely, you know, as I say, early detection is key, and um, you know, if you'd rather find something now and get it looked at than not check and have something on yeah. them, you know, and because like like you say, it could just be a cyst or something, but you'd be better yeah. to know that. That's it, and the problem is that a lot of the times you don't have any pain or you don't until it's too late yes. like you don't actually know at all you wouldn't but know you wouldn't know yeah until until it's maybe more advanced mine wasn't sore at all like no pain and it was really buried in there like wow it was right. really the surgeon even said you know she said you were actually lucky to find that because it was so deep in there so you know it's there's you know it's not just as simple as holding your breath and finding a lump there's you know you have to check you have to check the whole breast your armpit your collarbone all of that there and as you say if it's getting to the stage where you've got some pain, uh, most of the times I don't think it is painful, but it, oh, if okay. it is getting more mm -hmm. advanced, then mm -hmm. there's going to be more symptoms and mm -hmm. signs. But, you know, if you can keep checking yourself, as I say, once a month, yeah, that's that's yeah. as much as you can do. And, mm -hmm. you know, and just taking control of your health, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I yeah. know. Thank you so much, Katrina. Because that is it. Like, I think that's one of my biggest messages is just listen to your body. Yeah. 
you have to listen to the wee whispers before it starts to scream, mm -hmm. like literally. Because that's what I ended up flipping doing was, oh, I've got migraines now. All right, okay, great. Another new thing, like I'm so tired or whatever. And just pop in paracetamol like, you know, four times a day, whatever. Wow, right. And actually, <laughs> it was brain cancer. Wow. Like, it was just... Yeah, I just put it down to, oh, I'll probably have MS. Like, mom, I don't want to know that right now. I can't. Oh, I'm too... right. I know. And that's a big deal for you as well. That's. Yeah. Um... Yeah. But here we are. Here we are. Yeah, both, we are. We both are. of us, absolutely. Yeah, I'm here. I've been smiling, listening to you the whole way through. And we're it's both. been great. We're both sitting here smiling. We had a wee giggle and we are positive even after what we've been through. So absolutely. everybody else can be inspired by that. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. Thank I'm inspired you so by you. You inspire me a lot. I look, I look at your Instagram a lot, and you're, <laughs> you're, you really are fabulous. What you've come through, now, I have to say. Oh well, you so too. Thank you so you thank you. Right, no right. Goodbye.